Welcome to Regold's Dance Life Podcast for dance teachers and dance studio owners who have a passion for the art of dance. Hello and welcome to Regold's Dance Life Podcast. My name is Stacey Morgan and I'm joined by my co-host, Regold himself. Hi, Ray. I love it. I love being your co-host. How cool is that? <laughs> it certainly is. Today's episode is brought to you by the Idea Association, the International Dance Entrepreneurs Association. You can join at ideadance.org. It's a fabulous group of really smart, aren't they smart women and men? There's men in there too, but really smart, clever women who are part of Idea. Confident women is what I like to say at this point, because so many of them have made it over the hump and we are moving into new, fresh ideas and times and a rejuvenation in our businesses. It's awesome. It is awesome. And if you'd like to join us, you can join at ideadance.org. Today, we're going to take a walk down memory lane. Of course, if you've been listening since the very beginning of the podcast, or if you've been following Ree for a number of years, the incredible list of things that Ree has done in his career, I thought we could dive a little bit deeper into to your history, Ree, and the things that you the things that you're doing now, and the way that what you've done in the past has influenced those things. Is that cool? That is very cool. You tell Let's the story. Yeah. Let me, you tell the story uh, you tell the story about growing up in a dance household and I've been to your conferences many times many times where you've referenced the fact that you know you were you didn't understand that everybody didn't have tap classes going on in their basement which I just love tell the listeners that growing up in that environment how that has influenced you and your career I did grow up in the environment that you described, uh, basement in the studio, people coming in and out of the house all the time. Um, I think I didn't know it at the time, but how I think it influenced me now or influences what I do And maybe it was because it was in the basement, maybe because we lived in a little neighborhood. It was about a community, but I didn't know that I was a little kid. I started this at three or started dancing when I was three. It was about a community. It was how cool is this dance thing that everybody comes into our basement to do, you know? Yeah. And watching my mother mentor kids, I didn't know that at the time either. But now I look at it and how she was as a leader, a woman running her own business in the 70s, you know, Uh, it's really now that we're talking about this, uh, had a major influence on what I believe today. And incredibly inspiring to have that not just not just the fact that your mom was running her own business, but the fact that it was there right in front of you in your house, you could see it all the time. Growing up with that would have been incredibly inspiring. Very inspiring. Very, I look back, very chaotic. <laughs> a dance studio? Rem- chaotic? Yes, I don't know what you yes. mean, <laughs> I can remember a backyard with newspapers all laid out on it and spray painting ballet shoes and tap shoes mm-hmm. and 
leaves falling on the spray paint and getting stuck to the shoes. I, I remember I have a whole like variety of memories from kids singing at the top of their lungs in the basement so loud that you could, you know, it, it overtook the TV upstairs. But <laughs> you got used to that that's why you you brought it up earlier it's like I took me till I was 10 to realize that everybody didn't have a dance studio in their basement literally I thought you, you know it was just what everybody had I think there will be it would be a better place if everybody did <laughs> I can agree with that 100 percent and so did you automatically love dance was it was it something that you had to do or it was something that you wanted to do? Okay. I started to like dance when I was 10. Now this go, this is deep, but I think I did it up to age 10 because I got the chance to go into a classroom with other kids. I don't, think I was into the dance I think I was kind of one of those kids that a lot of dance teachers wish they didn't have in class I didn't pay attention <laughs> my mother would say dance full out and I didn't know what that meant and then something happened when I was 10 it was a dance competition that my brother and I were in in the early days and something happened that weekend where I wanted to dance. So the light switch turned on at age 10 mm. and never went off. Yeah. <laughs> but interesting that you, um, I mean, as a dance teacher and there's so many dance teachers listening, we all have those students in our class that, that we go, oh, why are they climbing the walls? Do they even want to be here? But that you, but that you in holding on to that and still going that light bulb came on for you when you were 10 so you know I think about that and I think well maybe I have to have a little bit more faith in you know that little girl on a Monday that drives me crazy because maybe when she's 10 her light bulb's going to go on too you made me think when you say that that I believe in every kid it's part of my philosophy you know and I don't care if they have learning disabilities behavior issues whatever I believe every kid can dance Maybe you asked me the question, how does it influence you now? Mm -hmm. Maybe I was that student before age 10 that are so many people wish they didn't have. And so I'm for every kid dancing because I did come to the point where the light switch went off. Mm. And is it really true that if we stick it out with kids, their light switches will go off more often than we expect. Ooh. Yes, I like that. It is funny, isn't it, when we become teachers, the, the students that we gravitate towards are the ones that remind us of ourselves. I see that in my studio all the time. I, uh, I agree with that. I also learned because I grew up as a boy or guy dancer, 
that in my teaching days, the guys are different than the girls that you teach. Mm -hmm. Different mindset, need different ways of communicating with them. Uh, I learned a lot growing up, I guess, as a male dancer to be really good at doing it as a teacher Mm. and And knowing what's going on with them. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say you were dancing, the light bulb went on and then you were dancing. At what point did you actually get to step into the role of a teacher? I started teaching in the studio, assisting, but I was 15 and uh, there was this low income housing project that needed a teacher. And I believe they called my mother. I think that's how it happened. I think my brother may have taught there a year now that I think about it before I did. Mm-hmm. And they needed a teacher a couple days a week. I was 15 and I went for it. I was uh, business minded at an early age. Now, was I a good teacher? I'm going to say I was not the best teacher. But I loved my kids. I learned how to put on a recital. I made $75 a week. I learned customer service. Uh, 15, 16, 17, I ran that school. And because you asked me the question, do I carry those things with me now? One of the things I learned in this school was, and I was young to have learned this, we were doing the final recital or the last one that I can remember. And I looked around the room and I was after the recital and I saw grandparents there and like the father of a kid who I'd never seen the father before. I'd only seen the kid or only the mother. Mm -hmm. In my head, I remember thinking, look at this dance thing brings all of these families together. And to me, one of the things that we offer people or our communities as teachers, as leaders, is to bring people together through dance. And so that 15, 16, 17 year age frame I realized that there was more to this than that recital or that competition or how good they were. Because let me tell you, these kids weren't good. They didn't have money. They didn't have clean leotards, but they loved to dance. They loved coming every week. And I'm sure they loved having you inspiring them. Every, every lesson. But I love that you say you weren't a great teacher at 15. I remember teaching at 15. It was more about me looking at myself in the mirror, you know, being able to show the, this is how it's done. <laughs> Step kickball change. <laughs> and I think, oh, maybe if I spent but a little bit it, more time teaching the children <laughs> rather than showing off, <laughs> were you the same, Ray? Yeah, I was. Yeah. I was. And I wanted to choreograph all this stuff that didn't need to be in the choreography. Mm-hmm. You know, I just thought the more the better. I remember that about myself. 
Um, but I want to say this in our defense is now there's teacher training programs and lots of different curriculums that we can learn and become certified in. Back then, and I'm older than you, it was like you got thrown in and had to learn your skill. Mm-hmm. You had to learn through the process of teaching because there was no place to go. It was really about hands-on learning. So I say that in our defense because you, I know, and I became pretty good teachers. Mm -hmm. So had we not been given the opportunity to explore, we wouldn't be where we are today. Yeah, I think about that in the terms of business. You know, we make so many mistakes when we're running our business for the first time and we get really down on ourselves, but it's the same as when we were learning to be teachers. You've got to make those mistakes and and do it the wrong way and have that child in your class that you just don't know how to manage in order to give yourself the skills to manage them in the future and then to manage every child that you teach or to manage the books in your business. Or it's those learnings in those early days when you're really in the trenches that really shape the the leader that you then become in the classroom, but also in leading your business. So true. So true. Um, I'll, I'll make you smile with this one. Uh, when those years that I was running that studio, I was in a business program at school and learning how to type. And there was, a, you know, in the old days, we had adding machines with a <laughs> roll of paper in it. <laughs> And I would go in and do my deposits that of the money that I made at the studio that I was teaching at. And it was like, I get ready, get my deposit ready and go to the bank after school. And I think about that now. And I say, <laughs> I, I didn't learn. I was running my business, sitting at the table in my junior year yep. of high school. Absolutely. So how... I think it's really interesting, Ray, that you spoke about watching your mum create this incredible community and then you've gone on to create your own incredible community with dance bringing people together. What We, we see what it is now. It's a, it's a podcast, it's your YouTube channel, it's your Dance Life Teacher Conference, it's you know all of the incredible things you do to build that community. But how did that community start? Um. I'm going to skip over a period of time and just say there was a, a period of time that I ran dance competitions, mm-hmm. a lot of years. And during those years, I would see burned out teachers and studio owners. Mm-hmm. People who, if you didn't see them on those weekends, would normally be all upbeat and friendly. But as the competition season would go on and I'd be their third stop, they'd be, I can't do this anymore. Uh, I got this problem. This kid's out of this number. This this number's pulled. (laughs) And I'm like, wow, there is nobody out there saying to these people, I know this is going to sound simple, enjoy this journey how cool is it that you're a dance teacher Mm -hmm. it was this this is what I'm supposed to do kind of cycle 
Yeah. And so for me, it started off with something called Project Motivate, which was led into the conference and everything else. But the objective at that time was just to say, take yourself seriously. Yes, we get burned out. But when you go to that dance competition, you have to look like you're the happiest camper in the world. Mm -hmm. And that you you are a leader and you give off the image and you're a professional so you give off the image that you got this under control this doesn't stress you out you've been at this 10 years you know how to do it by now and then find ways to communicate with other teachers who deal with the same stuff that you do and I know we know that it's commonplace now with everything that's out there and organizations you can be a part of. When this started, there were people who would call me up and say, is so-and-so there? Because they wouldn't come if so-and-so was there because they didn't want to talk about their business with so-and-so there. Mm. People didn't want to share. We weren't allowed to admit (laughs) I know I'm laughing because it sounds crazy but we weren't allowed to admit that it was hard we weren't allowed to admit that we were down in students that would be weakness and we are now you can sit in a room and there's 10 people who will go I'm down somebody help me yes and and the other people help that person I'm going to say, I know we're reminiscing, but I'm going to say we've come a long way, baby. Mm. It's a lot more collaborative now, isn't it? And I think as well that authenticity and that vulnerability, people are a lot less afraid to share the good the good and the bad. And I feel like uh, when I have these town halls with members of IDEA, one of the things that I hear all the time, and it sounds cliche, but, oh, I'm so happy you said that. Somebody else is going through it too. Mm -hmm. That understanding and knowledge that this isn't all like they're out to get me, but we all have to deal with this. And maybe I could learn how she deals with it so that I'm better at this. Yes. Yeah. That's the whole, uh, your question was, what is it, I believe, like to bring all these people together? That's the whole philosophy of what I do. Yeah, I want to teach people how to have successful businesses and feel fulfilled in life and in in success and financially. But in my heart and soul, it's really, we're all a part of something special. And those that are around us who do the same thing that we do, are our allies, Mm -hmm. not somebody that we compete with, even though our world is so full of competition. 
it's that understanding that, yeah, she did really well this week at this competition. And I didn't do as well as maybe my kids would have liked to do. But what does that have to do with our relationship? Mm. Zero. Yes. If you leave your ego out. And Ooh, are we reminiscing or what are we doing here? I'm not quite sure. <laughs> no, I think it's really valuable, Ray, the, the point on ego because we we often get so wrapped up in in thinking that our success is about what other people think of us when actually mm. going to the competition and seeing other people create, you know, incredible choreography and being able to say, hey, I saw that lyrical and it was amazing. I loved it. That's celebrating our art form, and it's, and it's really it's sometimes it's really hard to to separate that jealousy and that ego and that oh I wish my kids did better, but I think as as a role model and you talked about your mum being such an important role model and mentor to these young people as as the role models that we are to our students and to our team, we need to be able to put that ego aside and and say hey I loved that routine I saw that that was incredible you got, you guys are dancing so well and then be able to share you know the ups and the downs with these people who are in the same boat as us essentially and, and sharing this journey I'm with you on that it's uh it's everything to me it's what I hope to accomplish when I'm all done and people say what change did you make for me it would be they like each other exclamation point seems simple but it's the truth one of my favorite times of the year is getting together with other dance studio owners to do professional development at the dance life conference coming together that coming together and sharing you know the same war stories but you know they're only slightly different because we're in different parts of the world but that that really familiar um, am I doing okay? Is this the way you would do this? I'm having this issue. Have you ever done this before? Is really important, not just for the development of my business, but for the, the personal development of myself as a leader. I love that coming together time. And I can't imagine a time where where that didn't happen. So, you know, snaps, snaps to your to your mum who grew up in that time where she didn't have other people to call and say, oh, I've had this... You know, this person is out or this person has just left in a half or I've got this child and I'm not sure exactly how to teach them. Whereas I think we're so lucky that that you have built this community, Re, where we can come together, you know, sometimes virtually online and sometimes uh, we get to do it in person where we can share this incredible journey. I uh, want to say I'll add to what you just said by saying do you know, if you really think about it, the last year and a half has been the most influential period of time on bringing us together mm. because we needed each other. Absolutely. Okay. We, we, we had to get over the ego. We had to get over the... The fear of admitting that we lost 50% of our students. 
and this teacher isn't with us anymore. We had to get over all of that, buckle up and get as much information so that we could continue our businesses. Mm -hmm. And wouldn't it be great if as we're all coming back to life, that we just keep that attitude and we move forward in, in unison and in a way that makes dance education better for all kids. I think you should ask me a question about reminiscing because I feel like we went way <laughs> off. <laughs> Good talk, though. I'm I'm really happy we went there. No, I think but, I think the parallels between your mum building community and your mum being a mentor to those young kids and that being influential on your upbringing, and now seeing the community of dance studio owners and dance teachers that you have grown and the way that you're a mentor to so many dance studio owners and dance teachers. You know, the amount of times we talk, Ree, and you say, oh, I've been on the phone all day to dance studio owners about this and this and this. Like it's not just as part of the Gold Alliance or as part of IDEA or as part of, you know, the conference community. You are that mentor to so many people. They reach out to you. You reach out to them. And I think that is an incredible legacy that your mother would be very proud of. Oh, I think she'd be proud. She'd say, slow down. But I <laughs> want to tell you something that uh, uh, somebody recently said to me. She, she said, how do you keep up with what's going on in the industry, not having a studio of your own? And I laughed. Because my mind went, I have a thousand of them. <laughs> yes. I have a thousand of them. I am on top of this industry and this field like you wouldn't believe because I'm immersed in the people. Yes. It's, it's a gift, honestly. If you ask me, I still have a studio. I've been at this since I was three. <laughs> it's not in my home. It, they're all over the country. And all of these people are my students. You know, it's, uh, we're going to reminisce. I'm going to say that I am headed into this part of my life so grateful for the past. Mm so grateful for the journey and it was not always easy and there's been money and not been money and then there's been money again and there's been homes and successes but I cherish this journey and cherish the evolution of our industry hmm. that's a perfect way to end Ray perfect way to end thank you this was a great talk Thank you to our listeners for hanging out with us. This episode, of course, is brought to you by IDEA. If you want to grow closer in that community that Ree has built of dance studio owners and dance teachers, then you can join us at ideadance.org. And always remember how cool it is that this is what we have chosen for a profession and that each day we need to be grateful and enjoy the journey. Thank you for joining us for Regold's Dance Life Podcast. Learn more about joining the International Dance Entrepreneurs Association, the Dance Life Teacher Conference, and the Dance Life Retreat Center at regold.com or follow Regold's Dance Life on Facebook. Enjoy the journey.
You've been listening to another Morgan Media production. 